you guys, for anybody listening to this who wants to start a business, just just do it. We went yeah. we went to the Atlanta fashion market <laughs> with seven hundred dollars each. That's all we had. I had seven hundred, she had seven hundred. We were like, let's buy some inventory for a store. Let's just buy some and sell some. <laughs> and so we did and it was a pretty successful business. We ran it for yeah. four years. Hey there, welcome to the Socially Stetson Podcast. This is your host, Stetson K. Patton. You know what? I could talk to you for hours about business, marketing, social media, Enneagrams, and the Bible. Yep, that's just who I am. If you want to join me and my friends as we have these conversations, we would love for you to hang out a bit and get to know each other. I hope you enjoy the show. every breakup I've ever been through, my dad will take me riding in the car and just play Adele. Is that not the best dad ever? <laughs> That's amazing. Is there a particular song that you like? I mean, her whole album. They're all about like heartbreaks and stuff. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. I forget which. I think it was 21. Mm-hmm. That one was good. To be loved and love. It's a... That's actually from her newest. really good. Thank you. That's from her... Um, to Be Loved is probably one of my favorites. But that's from her newest album. I haven't heard her newest album yet. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Okay, Stetson, you are so cool, and you're starting a podcast, and this is the podcast. Oh, my goodness. We're doing it. We're doing it. Finally, it's been on my vision board since 2015. I've recorded other episodes, but we're officially going to put this one out. This is the first episode. We are. So we are. can get to know me. Well, let me introduce you real quick. That sounds great. And why I asked you to interview me today <laughs> for my first podcast. But you have your own podcast, which is going through a little bit of some branding changes, possibly. We'll see. We'll see how the how the wind blows. But it is called the Queen City Connect podcast. Um, my name is Morgan Leatherwood. I am the host of that show. I love it. I love that I get to bring in local to Charlotte small business creatives. We talk all about them, what they're doing, how they got into their business. Here's the fun. Here's a fun fact. Are you ready? ready? I'm like not a business person. Like I own That's my not no. True. But listen, I own my own business. I get it. But like. I became a small business owner to take pictures, not to be like, I am businesswoman, hear me roar. Now, listen, you cannot have a business without learning to be that or learning to hire people who are that. So like I am learning those things. But if you want like statistics and analytics and all of these number things on a podcast, mm -mm, mm -mm, you're not going to find it on the Queen City Connect. What you're going to find on Queen City Connect are people who just are passionate and who love life and who and we hear just about their story and how they got into doing what they're doing and then we support them and we like their posts on social media and we go to their events and we we just support them so anyway that's enough about me but and I'm opposite because I feel like I was born to be an entrepreneur to own a business never knew what that was I've owned several businesses so right now I have my socially Stetson business all about social media, social media marketing strategies, coaching, uh, social media management, all of those things. But it's just so funny because opposite from you, I love looking at the numbers. <laughs> I'm all about knowing the numbers and your ROI. And like, I always like pride myself of like, if I ever went on Shark Tank, I'm going to know my mm. numbers. Mm. 
Yes. I have some big Shark Tank feelings. I love it. I love it too, but it is so intimidating. Yeah. So here's what we're doing. Are you for, recording me right now? Yes, I am. I just picked up my phone. I Listen, I'm trying to get you content. You're okay. welcome. Um, but I started re- recording you right as I started talking. So that was poor planning on my part. But we're here today and I'm here today on your podcast not to talk about me, but to interview you so that people can hear who you are, why you're amazing. Obviously, we'll talk a little Enneagram because that's a big part of you as as well as Jesus and tequila. For sure. Love it. So I'm just here to ask you questions. Because I'll take it. And that's why I asked you to do it. I think you're you were meant to to do this. Yeah. You're such a good interviewer. Yep. Uh, you are very kind. We also need all of the people to know who are listening to this, that Stetson came into my house and I said, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> and we said, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. So do I have a list of questions in front of me? Absolutely not. We'll be fine. No, that's when two Enneagram sevens get together. There's the Enneagram talk. There it is. There yep. It is. Yep. So, but here's the thing. We're going to be great. So let's start at the top. Stetson, tell us who you are and where you came from. Ooh. Well, I guess that's a good one to start with. Okay. More of where you came from. Okay. So born and raised here in the Carolinas. I'll start with there. Carolina girl through and through Southern Belle. Um, maybe not a Southern Belle, just Southern girl. <laughs> and... Um, like I said before, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, have juggled back and forth with businesses from here and there. I fell in love with marketing though. So kind of where I got from A to B in my current job now, I accidentally got enrolled into a 401 marketing class my sophomore year of college. I had never, I had never even heard of the word marketing, which some people might sound funny, but it wasn't taught in high school like it is now. They actually right. teach that in high school right. now. Also, how did you accidentally fall into this class? Okay, so... <laughs> it feels pretty intentional to me. I would never find myself in that class. I had an advisor who was okay. just not the best okay. advisor. Pretty cool guy, though. He used to be a writer for the Seinfeld show. Okay, super cool. So, cool guy, but yeah. like really could care less whether we were in classes we liked yeah. or not. You know, <laughs> he just was like there because it was yeah. a job. Right. Um, But he was like, you have to have another credit hours, but all of the classes you need are full. So we're just going to have to put you in one that you don't need right now. And the only one that was available with my schedule was a 401 marketing class. Got it. So I walked into class knowing that I shouldn't be there because it was all these seniors. And I was like, oof, already intimidating. (laughs) And then the teacher looked like he was 90 years old in a suit and tie. And he spoke into a microphone because he was so, like, soft-spoken and frail. (laughs) And his name was Dr. Tishner. And... I walked up to him at the end of the class. I was like, this is so over my head. I don't even know what you're talking about. He was like, Miss Patton. He was very strict. And he said, Miss Patton, just sit in the front, pay attention, and you'll do fine. I was like, okay. So the next time I came back, wow, I sat in the front. confidence. I still feel like I learned nothing in that class. But I became best friends that year with a 90-year-old man named Dr. Tishner. And I signed up for Every single class that he taught from then on out, he was the coolest. You know, when you just meet somebody so cool. Yeah. So he's the former CEO of Kraft, 
like craft macaroni and cheese. No and stuff like way. That. Yeah. And then he, a company called Champelle, which was uh, like sparkling wine. They were the first ones to do um, sparkling wine. Okay. And he was just really cool. And I really enjoyed his classes because I loved the way his brain worked. Mm. And it was honestly one of the first times that I was ever interested in school at all. And so that's how I knew I liked it. I was a public relations major. But I started taking all of his marketing classes. Okay. And so that's how I fell in love with marketing. And he used to make us do case studies where he would take real life scenarios of businesses. Let's say, um, I remember one, it was Buick. Okay. And Buick was realizing that their clientele was aging out. Their target market was aging out. And how are they going to reach a younger audience? What are they going to do? And so we had to, as a class, all write two-page opinional, like, opinion papers on a case study, what we would do as their marketing person Mm. to help the company grow. Wow. And he would pick his top three favorites to read in class. And so... Did you then send it to these people? No. (laughs) No, because most of them had already... They were, like, older case studies. You know, so they had already fixed the problems. But we... It was That's so funny a great idea. The rest of the class, I remember like hated the case studies. Like, oh, another case study, another case study. And I remember like saying it with them, like, oh, case studies. But I'm like secretly like I loved them. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> these are actually fun to yes. do. Because That's got, real life. It got to use my creativity and there were no right or wrong answers. Right. Your paper was not going to be good or bad. It was just you turn in the paper. So yeah. I love that there was no pass or fail. It was just, hey, that Completion. was a really cool idea. Or, yeah. hey, let me tell you why that wouldn't work. Okay. You know, and so okay. he that is he very really subjective. Cool. And so he actually it was really cool. I got to travel overseas with him to there was a group of us that got to go to Switzerland, Germany and Italy. Nice. To study and you were supposed to be a business major to go and I was not a business major. I was a public relations major. And he signed off for me to still be able to go. Ugh. And loved that because I got to study international marketing and Bringing it full circle, that was in 2005, 2006, when MySpace and Facebook were just becoming a really big thing. Okay. And so I got back from international travel Uh and started getting on these social media platforms and was like, oh my goodness, I can connect with the people that I just met in Germany. Right. Or I just met in Switzerland. And to me, that was so cool because I could see their face. I could see pictures at the time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just email. It was in real, more real time to be able to see it. And so I became obsessed with social media, like where my college roommates were like, get away from the computer. I'm like, but did you know on MySpace, you can add a music. So when people like scroll, I never had a MySpace. That was a little, you're a lot younger than me. It was a little before my time. Yeah. Yeah. Your parents probably like, do not have a MySpace. Oh, it was, it was evil in my household. Mm -hmm. Like. You did not have that. And even Facebook. I got Facebook, I think, in 2007. I mean, that was right. I mean, it came out 2004, 2005. Okay. So probably 2005. I remember when it was the Facebook. And I remember the day it changed. Yes. So here's, and this is really funny too. I feel like people now, like the younger generation, the people that I've talked to, they don't like Facebook for so many reasons. But the younger generation... It's not that they feel like, oh, it's for old people and my parents are on it. 
It's that there are so many bells and whistles. Like if you think of everything that yeah. Facebook can I've do heard right now, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, there are so many things. Whereas when I got it, it was just your profile picture, your name, your email address, your date of birth, and a small bio. It's almost That's like they need that simplicity. That is all it was. It was yeah. like the yellow pages, but it was just visual. Yeah. So it's changed so much that if somebody knew is to get on Facebook right now, it's like, where do you even start? Yeah. And that's why Instagram was popular because it was just pictures. Right. And now it's not. And that's why TikTok's popular now because it is just short form videos. Like, please, TikTok, don't mess it up. Yeah. (laughs) Just just stay simple. That's all these platforms do. I feel like every platform, though, does continue to grow and, yeah, for better or worse, I guess. But, okay, quick pause because – All of that was fantastic, but I feel like we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves. So let's go back a little bit. Tell me about childhood, Stetson. Tell me about your parents. Uh, Do you have siblings? Tell me like family background growing up. What was that like? Because that also, I believe, has a lot to do with how we grow in our passions and how we get to do what we're doing as adults. See, this is why I asked you to ask me these questions. <laughs> I will talk about marketing all day long. Yes, you will. I was like, all right, we got to go back. We got to go back. <laughs> okay, so my childhood was very different than a lot of people's, but I think everybody has their own unique story. But I do have a sister. She is one of my best friends named Shelby. She lives in Nashville. Super excited. She has three sons and a daughter on the way. So I'm the cool aunt who gets to play around and jump on the trampoline yes. with them. Um, my dad was a football coach my whole life growing up. He coached mainly college, but then he coached some arena and CFL football as well. And so my weekends were always about football games. It was, what are we packing? Where are we going to? So we've traveled a lot. So I did get to visit a a ton of States. Mm. Um, I remember going to Montana, uh, Kentucky, New York, like all these places and not like the major cities that you would go visit in these okay. cities. So in New York, we played Stony Brook, for example, and a lot of people haven't heard of that, but it was really cool right on the water. And I remember having the best sushi there. Okay. And so my mom and the other coaches, wives and kids, we would go shop local, eat local, do all those things. And I feel like that's where my love of small business started because we were okay. always supporting yeah. local business. And I got to see so many cool little towns instead yeah. of like the big cities um, because it was, you know, smaller colleges. My dad wasn't on a like... It was D1 AA. So we were okay. playing small schools, which are in small towns. But that's what made it super fun. It was very family-knit, family-oriented. The games weren't that big. They okay. were just a lot of fun. And we would tailgate. I remember at the home games, my mom would set up her little food bar. We would have, like, shrimp and shuck oysters. Yeah. <laughs> and I cheered in college and then also coached cheerleading and dance after college and it was just so fun to know during halftime we could go to my mom's tailgate and go eat eat the food and after the games there was always people coming over to our house so my mom is super cool she fed the football team every Thursday wow crazy then my dad took the football team on home games to a movie every Friday wow because he you know keeping kids out of trouble if you make sure they're fed on Thursday they have somewhere to go on Friday hopefully they'll play well on Saturday and so Our life revolved around my dad's job, which is funny. My mom worked corporate. She had a great 
steady job. And she could have definitely been the woman who was like, nope, you know, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And I saw her just kind of really embark that hostess mentality of like, let me welcome everybody. It's not about me. It's not about how busy and tired I am. It's about making people feel loved and at home. We would have football players like flying in from California or taking a train from California, come get in at 4 a.m., And they would show up at our house and we would have spaghetti ready, you know, like they were always just fed and had a place to, you know, lay their head, which was really cool. Um, It's been different as an adult, though, because my weekends don't revolve around football and it's like watching football, but I get bored on the weekends. Like, I'm like, what, what can I do? And because I did coach for so long and watch the games for so long. Watching them in the stands, I went to the Panthers game this past weekend. Okay. Oh my goodness, people were booing the yeah. quarterback. They there were, were a lot of feelings. And as I was getting PTSD, I think yeah. as a coach's daughter, I was like, "Please don't ever ask somebody to be fired." Yes, <laughs> you know, I saw videos kind of, of fans fighting. It was terrible. It was awful. And I think so. Growing up on the sidelines, it's yeah. so weird to be in the stadium at games. Yeah. So it's I a get little that. Different. Um, but I think a lot of, so that's where my love of small business came in, but I think that's where a lot of my competitive came from too. Okay. Of being competitive with myself, not necessarily with others. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So then you did some cheering yourself and then you coached cheer during and after college. And then did you jump right into entrepreneurship after college or what was like you graduated college? What's next? Like what happened in your life at that point? So while my senior year of college, I went to lunch with my mom and we decided to go to some random place in Rutherfordton, North Carolina. And she saw a woman that she recognized in the line. She was like, oh, Stetson, that's Sharon Decker. You need to know her. And I was like, oh, okay. So (laughs) my mom said, hey, they waved and Sharon came over and talked to her table. Sharon owns several small businesses. Um, She's pretty well known in Christian ministry world. Okay. And she was a public speaker at churches. Um, She was the first female vice president of Duke Energy. Uh, She was a pageant winner. She worked for the government or um, for the governor here in North Carolina for a while. And anyway, she was just really cool. And she gave me her business card. And she was like, well, call me in six months when you graduate. And I'll see if I can find you a job. So I held on to her card like gold. And worked for her for a little bit. So she was my first job out of college. I was her marketing coordinator, and it was the coolest job that I had. Um, Ramona Holloway here in Charlotte. Do you know her on the radio? Uh, No. She's on 107.9, and it was a radio show called The Satisfied Life with Sharon Tucker, Ramona Holloway, and Pam Stone, who was a comedian. Oh, my goodness. On Coach. Okay. Need to look into this show. So it was the three of them, and part of my job was to find topics for them to talk about and help market their shows and their radio. That is so fun. It was literally the most fun job that I ever had. I didn't know about that. (laughs) Recession hit, and the you know 2008 recession hit, and everybody was looking for new jobs. Mm. I went and worked at a YMCA after that. And that was my first. Why did you, did they stop the show at that point or? They did. Okay. So there were so many reasons. Okay. Um, But Sharon had to kind of let all of us go who were working for her, but gave us all, she gave us all, found us all other jobs. Um, So I think because she was so much into economic development, she owned a lot of the houses and properties in Rutherfordton. Okay. Um, 
she um, fun fact she owns the Trian Equestrian Center now. She's the one who started that. Oh wow! Which is the International Olympic, yeah, like Equestrian Center. So pretty cool. That's insane. Yeah, she's amazing person. So I went and worked at the YMCA and hated it. <laughs> like yeah. I just I, there were certain parts I loved about it. It's a fun fun idea in theory until you actually get there. I would assume because I feel like I would get bored real fast. Do you know one of my <laughs> my biggest things was they wanted me to wear like a polo and khakis every day, and yeah. I was like, mm. <laughs> mm. "Okay, Jake from State Farm, I, you are not catching me." And co- yep, polos well, and khakis. It's funny because I feel like I'm a natural so, creative. Yeah, and part of my creativity comes out in were you like how behind I dress the desk? Style. I was behind a desk, so okay. I managed the front desk staff. Yeah. Um, which I also didn't love. Okay. Like, yeah. I th- there okay. is a big difference between being a leader and being a manager. Mm-hmm. I like being a leader. Yeah. I don't like managing right. people. And it just wasn't my favorite. I had to hire and fire people. I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was just, I was taking so much work home with me, Mm-mm. which you wouldn't think, but I was. Yeah. It was just... It was just not the job for me. It wasn't a bad job. That's okay. It was just not the job for me. That's okay. But it was funny because I didn't know because it was my first job like that. And I had to have my evaluation with the CEO. And he was like, where do you see yourself five years from now? Well, this is my first time being asked this. Not here. (laughs) Yeah, I was just honest. I thought you were supposed to be honest in job. Oh, no. What did you say? I was like, well, I see myself like owning my own like business or something, like maybe a boutique. And he was like, so you don't see yourself here in five years? And that's when I realized I was like, oh, was I supposed to answer that differently? I thought he wanted to know my dreams. And I was like, oh. So he was like, well, I'll give you three more months to make that happen. Yeah. What? Yep. So he said, you have three more months to get your stuff together. What person goes to the YMCA thinking that they want to still be there in five years? I mean, that might be a hot take. I mean, I'm not downing YMCA. I'm thinking that literally anywhere. That also is very millennial mindset of me, I'm sure. Same. I'm a millennial. I feel like most. It, I was like, oh my gosh, but. Best but you know that what? Ever you were being Best honest. Best thing that ever happened to me because he kicked my butt out the door in three months. He kept yeah. his word. And I was trying to save up money. And luckily, my friend, we had no clue what we were doing because we weren't really ready. We didn't have the capital. We didn't have the startup. You guys, for anybody listening to this who wants to start a business, just just do it. We went, yeah. we went to the Atlanta fashion market <laughs> with $700 each. That's all we had. I had $700. She had $700. We were like, let's buy some inventory for a store. Let's just buy some and sell some. And so we did, and it was a pretty successful business. We ran it for yeah. four years. Um, okay, the boutique. So tell boutique. us a little bit. Tell us as much or a little that as you want about first, that. was my first, like, entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, loved it. Went into business with my best friend. And we loved it. We were having a great time doing that. She started having some babies. My cute little god godchildren. I love them very much. But she was spending less time on the business, more time with family, as she should. Yeah. Um, I was getting very resentful because I was spending more time in the store. We were paying ourselves the same. She was the business was your baby. Yeah. She was like, (laughs) you can just stay at the store. And we were also or we were coaching at the same time. And I was just exhausted and burnt out just trying to make money because I wasn't paying myself as much Mm -hmm. as I should have been from the store because we kept reinvesting because we didn't have capital or a small business loan. 
we were just like reinvesting, reinvesting. And so we just had to have a sit down conversation. And I will never forget this day. We sat down at lunch and I said, do we want to save the business or do we want to save our friendship? Wow. Say that one more time. Do we want to save the business or do we want to save our friendship? And I just said, I'm starting to resent you for reasons that I shouldn't because you're spent, you're doing the right thing. You're putting your family first. And I just feel like I'm working at the business all the time and I don't feel like this is what I signed up for. Mm. And she agreed. She was like, yeah, no, I, friendship comes first. Wow. And we are still best friends to this day. Shout out, Christy. (laughs) That's incredible. And I feel like that takes so much courage to ask that question And that takes like a level of vulnerability to even put yourself in a position and wisdom, you know, because I feel like you could have probably fought for that business and had every right to because you're like, I'm putting my stakes in on this as well. But to come to the point where you realize what is more important to us in this, because there might be a time when that business should take priority. I don't know. But for you guys to have that conversation together. And come to a conclusion, whatever it was. Like, I love that. Well, and here's the thing. So I am a Christian. Most people who do know me know that. And she is like my strong Christian friend. Like we pray together. We went to church together. We go to Bible studies together. She was that friend. So I knew that the decisions she was making weren't out of spite or rude. Like she was not doing them to hurt me. I was not making the decisions to hurt her, but I was also like, she didn't like the person I was becoming either because I would be snappy or like say something like that was a dig. And she was like, no, like this isn't what we are as friends. And we wanted to be strong Christian women. That was more important to us than a business. And we had to let pride go. It was really hard to be like, okay, yeah, we sold the business because it was fun to tell people that like, yeah, I own my own boutique. I own my own clothing boutique. And people were coming, you know, people loved it. And to let that go, it, it felt like a failure at the time, but I just kept telling myself it was really expensive business lesson, you know? And so we were able to sell most of the inventory, most of the business. So we weren't, you know, too much in debt from it, but it was like a good business lesson learned, which yeah. is perfect for me now owning this business because I do not make the same mistakes. Like I right. hired a bookkeeper. Yeah. I have a business coach who looks, who makes me pay myself yeah. now, yeah. which is hard, but she looks at my numbers and she was like, did you pay yourself this week? All right, let's transfer that money over. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh. girl, set those transfers on auto. Yeah. No. Well, we do specific amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Week, so yeah. Okay, just kind it. of looking, but I pay now. For the support to make me do the things because I know if I don't, I don't have the self-control to do that. Right. Okay. Let's pause real fast. All right, friends, the holidays are right around the corner. And if you don't have a social media strategy in place, guess what? That means you're going to be spending more time on your phone and less time being present with your family and for the things that actually matter. Either that or you're just not going to be posting anything and your business may take a hit. Believe me, I've been there and that's why I've created this free guide for my Holiday Reels 2023. That's right, it's free and there are over 50 Reels ideas for small businesses with examples and 
audios. There's also a checklist of what you need to prepare for before you even start filming your reels, some best tools and best practices for the reels. I will also be hosting a free masterclass for anybody who downloads the Reels Guide at the end of November and December, teaching you exactly step-by-step how to edit, how to find the trending audios, or what audios to use, how to make it relevant for your business. But you have to download the guide first. So head over to my Instagram page at Stetson K. Patton and download the link in the bio to receive your free holiday Reels Guide today. Um, so tell us what it is you are doing now in the business. Cause we know you, you are doing several different things. So tell us what you're doing. Um, and then we can kind of go into each one. Yeah. So I started socially Stetson pre pandemic just to make some extra cash to pay off my credit cards. <laughs> We've know. all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> So, you know, and this is like my fifth time around paying off credit cards. Dave Ramsey, if you're listening to this episode, we're so sorry. We're doing the best we can. You know, it's it's one of those things I feel like it's going to roller coaster. I'm going to have really seasons of my life where I'm really strict to myself financially. I've, I've learned to give myself grace on it yeah. if I feel like I'm still making smart financial decisions. Yeah. So, whereas before I'd be like, yes, let's go on this vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Socially Stetson started pre-pandemic at the time I was working um, for a travel agency here in Charlotte. Um, Did that for seven years because I love to travel. And it was just giving me that itch to travel and do some of the things that I loved, except for working in an office nine to five, which we all know is not my favorite thing to do. So I started it, paid off my credit cards. It was doing really well, better than I thought it would do. And I had to make the decision where I was going to go from it. So I started a membership that is basically where I do some coaching for other small businesses. So Instagram is probably the main one, Instagram and TikTok that I teach in that group. But I teach just like marketing strategies in general. Like what are hooks? What should you say in your captions? How do you storytell where it doesn't come across salesy, but like, how do you really tell a story on social Mm. media to get people to read it? And what are, what do the numbers look like? So we do talk a lot of numbers in the membership, but I think it's so fun for me. I'm thinking of some of the businesses in the membership. We have an electrician, we have a chiropractor, we have network marketers, we have real estate agents, Um, We have yoga instructors. We have emotional release therapists. We have so many different types of people in that membership from all over the world, which is so cool to me that people are connecting with me worldwide for my training. Um, I am going to use Jen for an example. She is an emotional release, release coach from New Zealand. And it's so funny because she had reached out to me about joining the membership and all of the things. And I was like, New Zealand, you know, why, why me? Why me? And she said, because I've been following you for two years and you've stayed the same with who you are. Your messages stayed the same. You've stayed consistent. And she goes, and I feel like I can trust you because of that. And I was just like, shout out Jen. Yeah. She's amazing. She probably said it with a little bit more of an accent than you just said it. This can be my, oh, her accent (laughs) is amazing. I could listen to her talk. Her, um, her podcast and I'm going to give her a shout out. Instagram is the art of listening to your body. It's really cool. And so it's funny because she came to me 
but I probably need her more mm. than she needed me because I listen to her podcast and stuff all the time now. She's amazing. So shout out to her. So I'm, the membership is kind of where I started. It's grown and, you know, to make your business scale because I recently did just leave my full-time job to do this business full-time, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And like tripled my salary in yeah. two weeks, which, and I cried when I saw my numbers. I was like, are you kidding me? And yeah. it was just such a blessing from God because I was so fearful. Yes. But I I had to really make the decision because it was my first time leaving a job on my own mm-hmm. to pursue a business. Whereas before the YMCA was like, ah, you got three months, go do it. Okay. Um, and before like there were layoffs at my other job. And so I had to pursue another job and so this one was the first time where the decision wasn't made for me. Like, I yeah. had to make the decision. Right. And it was so scary yeah. to do that. I'm just not good at that. Do you feel <laughs> like most things in your life, when change has come about, it's been because the change presented itself, and so you just had to pick up and go? Because I feel similarly for my life, big life changes – 90% of the time things have happened to me. So I've had to readjust, but then like starting my business full time, that was also my choice. So I like get that because then it's like, I could stay here in this stable job, but I'm making the decision to take that risk. Is that how it plays out for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I'm the person who has to be pushed a little bit. There's got to be a good reason. There has to be something that presents itself. Yeah. To make me do it, for me to justify right. it. Right. Because I don't want to risk doing it and then it, it it was the wrong thing. I made the wrong decision. So that way, if I wait for it to come to me, I don't have to worry about if it was right or wrong because I have no other choice. Like, it, this has to be right, you know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like at the beginning of my life, like in, in my 20s, early 20s at the Y, I was like, well, let me make these mistakes now. Yeah. At least I wanted to go ahead and do the boutique at 24 years old. Because I was like, well, if it fails, I still have a lot of life left. Yeah. And I didn't want to be 50 years old sitting there saying I wish I would have. Mm. But my motto is it's never too late to start. Yeah. Because yeah. I, since I was seven years old, really thought owning a boutique and gift shop was my dream job. Yeah, I, I always envisioned that. That was the vision that I had in my head. I used to talk to my mom about what I would name the store, what I would do. So when I actually did it. And was like, this isn't it. God, this isn't it. Why did you give me that vision? Why was that? That's on my exactly heart? how I felt with really? my teaching job. Yes. Like I, for not since I was seven, but probably since I was like 12 or 13, I had a teacher that I loved and I was like, well, I guess I'll do what she did for me because I love what she did. And so I just worked my way up, got the job, loved it. And then was like, okay, but what do I do now? Like what's next? I, I don't think this is it anymore, yeah. you know? And I feel like people don't talk as much about, like, the death of a dream, but, like, in a good way. It like, you did it. a process. You, you, you did what you were supposed to do in the time you were supposed to do it, and now it's time for a new dream, and that's okay. But you're right. It wasn't, especially back then, it wasn't talked about enough. Mm-mm. And it's not the only dream that I've had die. Like, I've had other dreams <laughs> die too. And so it is one of those things that it is a grieving process of, okay, what do I want? And with that, I was able to take 
what did I like about that? Yep. What did I not like about that? With mm-hmm. another job I had, what did I like about it? What did I not like about it? And still, do, before we even pressed record on this podcast, we were talking about my current business. What do I like about it? What do I not like about it? But the best part about it now is I have the full capacity to make those changes. Yes. If I don't like something, I can change it. Yes. And so right now, what I was talking to Morgan about earlier is just the time I added social media management in to my business. So we do offer that. I did that as just to replace my income that I was making for my full-time job. But I didn't necessarily want to do that. But what I have found is I actually enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yep. Because I am still helping other small businesses in a really good way. Like when they tell me, they're like, oh my gosh, just like waking up on Christmas morning. Every time I open my phone, there's all these messages and comments. And they're like, we know Stetson's been in our Instagram. And I'm like, I love that. That makes me feel really good that they are just like... Stetson, so many people are commenting and telling me how much they love right. my Instagram. You I'm are like, filling a need for these I am people. I filling a need, and that makes me feel really good to yeah. know that they're getting business and they're more profitable because of a talent that I have. Mm. So I don't hate it as much as I thought I yeah. would. But the good, the catch-22 is I'm getting super busy. And so now I'm, I'm at that crossroads now. Okay, how many more clients do I want to take on? Do I want to hire employees? What is that going to look like? Or do I just keep the clients I have, maintain this income that I have and add more time? Because right now, and I love being in the place where it's not about financial decisions. Mm. So it's a blessing. It is a little bit because I do want to save more. There are some things that I want to do fi- that I still need finances for. So it is a little bit about that, but it's, I feel like the first time it's not out of like a desperation, like, oh, I have to have business. I need business. Whereas yeah. like at the boutique, it was like, we need people to walk through the door today. Yeah, like right. we have to hit these numbers today or we're going to be in the negative this month and that's not fun. And I know that's going to change and it's going to look different in every season because it's funny, the bigger my business grows, the bigger my dreams grow too. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, I feel like I'm always going to be chasing something. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. If you can be content. Yeah. I think it's your motivation. I was literally having this conversation with a friend earlier today of like what I'm chasing. Like what is the root of why I'm chasing it? Because if you're chasing a thing for the thing, when you get it, it's not going to satisfy you the way you thought it was. And you're just going to go to that next thing. But... The way goals work is you create obtainable goals and then you set it, you get it, and then you set the next one and you get it. That's how you know your business is alive, you know? That's how we know if we're alive, we're breathing, we're moving. Okay, if your business is alive, it's going to breathe, it's going to move, it's going to grow. And that's, those are the processes of growing and maturing. Right. Do you know I have friends who don't set goals? Like I, I It's funny to me because... I'm sitting over here. Do I cycles? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I know you do. You're not that friend. Am I one of those friends you're talking about? I think I have a couple. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just funny to me. I'm, Why is that? Why do you think people don't set goals? I'm so interested because I, being in our space, we're both entrepreneurs. We both own our own business yep. because we are Enneagram 7. So we're all about the fun. How can life be more fun? And so owning my own business, I get to create my own fun. Being here with you today is super fun. 
starting a podcast. Super fun. You're welcome to come over whenever you want. I know. Our talks are My house so is good. your house. We literally talked for like over an hour before we press record. And when you came on my podcast, we ended it. Fun fact, we had never even met in person when you yeah. came on my episode. We'll have to shout out that episode because it's a fun one. But we after we ended the conversation, we sat and talked for like two hours. Why did I say that? What does that have to do with anything? I think it's cool. It just shows the <laughs> Okay, okay. Seven. Okay, yep. <laughs> Look, I'm going to have really good show notes. So if, for, if you are interested, we will link everything in the show notes. Yep. And that podcast as well, so you can listen to it. But, yeah. Setting goals. I was like, where were we? Yeah, setting goals. <laughs> why people don't do it. I think people are scared they won't hit it. So they think, well, if I just don't set it, then I don't fail. And, and opposite, I feel like the reason I procrastinate so much on so many things is because I'm scared to succeed. Yeah. So I think there's such an opposite. Like, right. there are some people who are scared to fail. I'm not scared to fail. I will say that, yep, I tried it. Didn't work all day long. Yeah. It's this scared. For me, it's like, okay, and that's what's happening in my business and it's pushing me and it's uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so uncomfortable. It's like, okay, I tried it. It worked. It's growing. It's doing well. Now what do I do with it? Yeah. So it's like, wow. It's yeah. like, wow. Like my membership, for example, like thought maybe there would be 10 people in there that I'm coaching. There is over 60 people in there that I'm coaching worldwide. And I'm like. Wow. And that, that comparison trap of like, am I the coach for them? Like, why, why are you choosing me? Yeah. And I've got to learn not to do that. But I think it's okay to be humble and to ask those questions. Like when I asked Jen and she was like, because I trust you. And if somebody tells me that I'm like, okay, good. I can work with you because I feel like you can trust me. So I feel like that's a good reason. But if they're like, oh, because you can get me 10,000 followers in a week. I'm going to be like, not the coach for you. You know, I will turn down your paycheck. Or, okay, at this price, <laughs> I will do everything in my power. I will do anything you have. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Um, tell us a little about people who are listening, and maybe they're listening for the first time, or maybe they've heard this a few times, and now they're like, all right, I think she has something that she could help me with my business or help me grow my social media. What is like a next step for people listening to this conversation who are like, okay, I think I need to talk to her about helping me with my social media? Yeah, I mean, next steps would be honestly to go to my website and check out the different options, whether it is private coaching or membership or the social media management. What is Um, your website? Sociallystetson.com. How original. I love it. It's perfect. It's catchy. You won't forget it. And you're also socially Stetson on Instagram. Actually, I'm just Stetson K. Patton. Stetson K. Patton. But if you search socially Stetson, I come up. Okay. I have that handle saved. Like, I can change it. And I've thought about it so many times. But everything is already so connected. Your six wing came out and you you, (laughs) you secure that one. (laughs) Look, I don't understand. I The only Enneagram I've ever even studied are threes and sevens. Because so many people told me that I was a three. Okay. Like, all my friends were like, oh, you're a three, you're a three, you're a three. So, I didn't take the test for so long because I just told people. I was like, I'm a three. And yeah. then when I took the test and I was like, you're a seven. I was like, well, what's a seven? And I go read it and you're I'm like, like oh, oh, this is me. I cried, Morgan. I was like, isn't it like it almost freeing? It understands me. It yeah. understands me. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember reading it to my mom, like, mom, look, there's a reason I am the way I am. Yeah. It was, it was very freeing. I've heard it, uh, said that most people who like read the book or read about their number, um, the one that they don't like is probably the one that they are. (laughs) But then sevens are like, it's me. It's me. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, I, can see that. I hate that because I want everyone else to love their because every number is amazing and every number has the best strengths. Obviously, we all have weaknesses. Honestly, sevens probably have one of the worst weaknesses. Man, we we need yeah. help, but we do have a fun time. So we mask our pain with fun and we it's mask fine. pain so much like you will. Yes, it's terrible. I'm an open book so people will know that I'm in pain. I love it. But it's like, I don't do things yeah. to like. It's going to be surface level. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Do not ask me how yeah. I am. I just want to keep smiling and go on. Yeah. Because um, we don't like to bask in it. We don't like to handle yeah. it sometimes, which has been a downfall for me. So yeah. I remember like when I was reading that, I the first thing that I did, I got on social media and was like, I, I said, message me if you are a successful Enneagram 7 business owner. Like I need to know how you were able to do it. And so I connected with so many women who had messaged me who are Enneagram 7s that I'm now really good friends with. Girl, send them my way. I need all the encouragement I can get. To hear because I was like, okay, well, how do you stay focused? How do you do this? And how do you do this? Like the Enneagram was so good for me to understand my weaknesses better because mm-hmm. I knew that they were weaknesses, but to know that it wasn't a me thing, it was a, Hey, this is a personality thing. This is just your personality. So like, yes. I wanted to connect with other people to figure out how to get over that. And I think that was just huge. So please go take the Enneagram. We can talk Morgan and I could talk yeah. about Enneagram. Listen, but I need to study yeah. the other numbers because I, yeah, I really you really like do. It. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all great. And what I love about it is um, it really helped give me language to what I already thought and felt about myself, but didn't know how to say it. Yes. It gives you language. So you're now like, all right, I can point to that. That is how I feel. That is my motivation. And also like seeing things and being like, oh, isn't everyone like that? And it's like, no, not everyone is like that. And it's, it's just so like introspective, but also it's just really helped me learn how to love other people better because we are all different, right? you know, and just learning, yeah, how to love people better. But look at us turning this into an Enneagram podcast. I love it. I mean, I might bring up Enneagrams on every single one of my episodes. Who knows? That would be fantastic. Um, Okay, a couple more questions I'm thinking for you. Um, Yeah, we can always split this up into a two- Two episodes. Maybe this should be a two-parter because I feel like we're covering so much ground, but I absolutely love it. Um, What are you – I didn't prep you with this question, so you're going to have to think about it. What are you most excited about for this podcast? What what is it that you're hoping people walk away with? Yeah, like what – basically, why are you doing this podcast? Giving somebody a soft voice to fall asleep to at night. (laughs) Wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do listen to podcasts when I fall asleep. It helps. But I can tell you all the ones I fall asleep to, but I feel like that would be so rude. No. So in college, I took a career aptitude test twice and got so frustrated that both <laughs> times it said I should be a radio personality. Both times I took my career aptitude test. And I was like, wow, radio personality, no way. And I was just like, no, but now I listen to radio. I'm like, oh, that would have been so fun. I could have done that. And then it's funny. <laughs> now it makes sense. Oh, circle, I worked marketing for the radio. And now <laughs> you have a podcast. Now I have a podcast. And it's just my goal really is to give business owners a place because as a Christian, I want 
to bring my faith out. Like online, I want to talk about that a little bit more. I liked having a community of people, but I felt like my circles until recently totally were separate. Like my business friends, entrepreneur friends, and then my church and Bible study friends. And it was really hard for me to find a community. And I feel like I've been more intentional about seeking them out. And part of that has been podcasting. I know you and I both love listening to Annie F. Downs and we adore her. Shout out Annie we want to be guests. Shout out. I'm also wearing her merch right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm probably one of the first people to be wearing it. She talked about it and I was like, add to cart. It's so cute. I'm going to be purchasing one soon. That's great. So We'll link it. <laughs> we will. We'll link it in the show notes. But until I've sought that out more, I just had not met Christian business owner women like who were motivated that weren't just about, hey, I want to have a seven-figure business. And talking about the money and then having the people be like, okay, well, it's not good to go after money. It's not good to go after that. You need to stay at home. And, you know, it was just having that. I really want this to be a place for women, honestly, who are inspired to be business owners. And I probably will interview some men as well. With my dad being a football coach, I know so many successful Christian men, too, who I feel like will bring so much to the table. And originally, I didn't want this podcast to be faith-based. I wanted it to be more business and social media and just talking about the trends and what's up to date. But every single guest that I've already interviewed, because I have interviewed some, our conversations have turned into the Bible. It's turned into our faith. And I've just realized I am going to talk about it. Yeah. I can't hold it back. So my little tagline. You and me both, girl. You and me both. My tagline is socially stats in your online social light because I do want this to be a a light podcast for you to just be able to listen to when you're driving down the road or going to sleep, (laughs) whatever you feel like you need, Um, and to connect, to be able to connect with like-minded people because sometimes I feel like we're hard to find. Yeah, yeah. But we're out there and we're doing it. So, yeah, hopefully I'm sure people are listening and already are connecting with you and just like your heart. And it's so much deeper than the social media. And it's so much deeper than the membership. And it's so much deeper than starting a business. Like those are your gifts and you are doing what God has called you to do. But you're you're doing it for the deeper calling of serving the people, you know, and yeah. And showing people, hey, life is hard. Let me come alongside you, physically help you grow your business, do whatever. But also you're doing it in a way that is so loving and caring and serving. And like you're, that's contagious. You're and it, I feel like it, it can be almost subconscious with our jobs because it's like, oh, we're just doing what we're doing and this is the job. And no, it's so much deeper than that. You are serving people who are then going to take that and love their people and it just is a rippling effect it's a ripple effect it really really is and just having to like let my light shine because I am blessed right now where I'm getting um some more public speaking events and I have mentioned Christ at them like I get up uh, you know other business owners right now want to say you know like I'm a proud female owned business or you know whatever it is and so I've been getting up and it's scary but saying Hey, I am a proud Christian owned business. And, but I say, you know, I work with all people. There are so many people in my membership who are not Christians, but we have what's called the palm tree prayers. 
um, once a month in the membership where we specifically pray for God to bless our businesses, which is kind of crazy, but it's like, Hey, I don't feel like we do that enough. We pray for our families. We pray for the sick. We pray for everything, but we don't pray for God to like bless our finances and bless our businesses. And like, who do you think gave you the gift and the passion and the ability to do what you're doing to do that? And he He wants wants us to succeed. Like he's a good God, you know, so good. Yeah. He's so funny too. Like he just the way he shows up. Like won't he do it? It's won't he so do good. it? Jehovah Jireh. And I don't know. So go, doing these public speaking events, like being able to have a little bit more of a platform, God will. He has been convicting me to share Him more and to trust Him more. There have been so many things in my life that recently, because I'm, I was telling you that because I'm not so busy with working a nine to five, running my side business, because I'm not so busy. There have been so many. Things in my heart and in my life that I feel like God is convicting me of. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, all right, let me listen. Let me be obedient. Yeah. And part of that was in my public speaking to be like, hey, I am a Christian-based business. Yeah. And people can love it or hate it. And the good thing is I had a non-Christian at one of my public speaking events come up to me and tell me how hurt he was by Christians. Mm-hmm. And he thought Christians were the biggest hypocrites. And I mean, he was very vocal about it to me. And it opened up really good conversation and I felt like I was able to have good conversation with him about it and ask him questions. So I feel like it is one of those things where if, if I'm putting myself out there, I have to be prepared for some of the backlash and questions that are going to come. But I do feel like it's needed in today's world right now. I feel like as Christians in the Christian body, we have to step it up a little bit more to be more bold. And it is scary. And I don't know why it's so scary because I love Jesus and I love my faith and I love the Bible. But like, it is hard when you have people coming at you mm-hmm. talking to you about it. So it's just, I know it's going to be hard, but it, it just is what it is. And that's, that's what I want. So I know we went off on a tangent. No, again. I love it. I mean, it's hard, but you know, the eternal reward is worth it and it will always be worth it. And I literally heard on a podcast today and hopefully this is also encouraging to you and everyone listening. It's at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is like God doesn't belong to you. You belong to God. And the fact that you belong to him, it's not like you have to fear going out like, oh yeah, God's a part of my story. No, 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 no. Everything you do is because of God being first and foremost in your life. And hopefully that can almost be like encouraging to you of like, I don't have to worry about claiming God to belong to me. No, I I belong to him. I am his, Uh, my life is his, you know? Um, and that's going to show up in podcasting and working and relationships, family, everything. So I love it. It I think you're crushing it. So not perfect. So for the people out there who know me, no, she is not. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You are pretty close. So much going on, but you know what? I don't claim to be perfect. And I even said this in an email. I think it's going out tomorrow. (laughs) My email is to get to know me email. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot in some of these speaking events is, um, your brand is Jesus and tequila. So how can you be a good Christian if you're saying you love to drink tequila as much as you do? Because I will take a good tequila shot with you. I love a tequila shot, but obviously all in moderation. But I tell people my foundation of my faith in Christianity and what I believe isn't based on the do's and don'ts and the sins and 
the right, right. and wrongs because everybody's going to have opinions of that. I do think there are the core foundations of right. the commandments right. and what God says is right and wrong. I go yeah. to the Bible as truth, but at the same time, I am more focused on how we love and who we love and how we show love. And that's where my faith is rooted. And so that's why I feel like non-Christians and people who aren't, they feel my love. Like I'm not going to love them any more or any less. Right. Also, they can go read John 2 and remember how God's, Jesus's very first miracle and how he showed love to people was he turned that water into wine. Yes, ma'am. So, Do you know, somebody asked me a fun question. I know this podcast is getting so long. It's definitely going to be a two-parter. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody asked me the other day, if you could hop in a time machine and go forward or backward to any event in time, what would you choose and why? And I really thought about it for a second and it light bulb moment on me. I was like, hello, I would go to the wedding where Jesus turned water into wine Yeah, for so many reasons. And I'd show up with a camera and freak people out. So funny. (laughs) You would. I would show up with my phone taking a reel. (laughs) But I said, I love weddings. So that would be fun. Also partying with Jesus. Partying with Jesus and the disciples and Mary. You get all of them in one. Yes. And heavenly wine. Right. Why would you not choose that moment in time? And it's all the good wine. I mean, we can go deep in this because I love that passage. It's all the good wine. Also, what I love most about that passage, there's a lot of things. Here we go. Now we're preaching. What I love most about that passage is that the very beginning of John 2, it says how Jesus was invited to this wedding. And just the fact that Jesus would have been invited to a wedding means what? It means he was a really fun person who knew how to party and knew knew how to love people and who knew how to show up and celebrate. And I'm the sure fact he that he went thing out on the dance floor. <sighs> Listen, Jesus changed my life and I just love him so much. And the stories in the Bible are amazing. And some of them are kind of weird, but I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. It's so powerful and so good. Yes. Go read it. John two, everybody. Love it. All right, Stetson, listen, I feel like we've already covered everything that people need to know, but also there is so much more. So I just want you to know I am cheering you on. I know that we are even kind of in similar similar lanes with business and podcasting. Do I view it as competition? 100% no. Like you should. We, I'm out to get you, girl. Listen, <laughs> who makes more money? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I am cheering you on, and I am so proud of you because I know that this is like takes – bravery to do and is also really exciting and I can't wait to see just your episodes obviously I'll listen to them and support you in every way so um I'm just excited is there anything else that you want to say to your listeners about your business or about the podcast anything that they should be aware of how are they going to be able to listen anything like that well you know still figuring all that out Right. So if you're listening to this, congratulations, you made made it it this far. (laughs) Wow. There should be like a giveaway for people who just made it this far. (laughs) Actually, just DM me on Instagram. Perfect. You made it this far. Oh my god. The word elephant. It can be my secret (gasps) word. Oh my goodness. And I want to know who made it to the end. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. We'll do something. It will be worth it. You'll want to hop in her DMs with the word elephant. elephant. Love it. I want to know who made it to the end. All right, Stetson. It'll probably just be my mom. No, it will be at least your mom and me. <laughs> All right, Stetson, you're awesome, and you're going to crush it. So proud of you. Thanks, Morgan. I appreciate you so much. Well, that was fun, and I hope it filled your cup as much as it filled mine. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Stetson K. Patton. 
To learn more about what topics you would like for me to cover on this podcast, whether it's about business, Jesus, tequila, or Enneagrams, I'm going to cover it all. So let's meet back here at the same spot, same time next week.